1: no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: This is Science Friction Theater on Hudson River Radio.com. Episode 10, The Crawling Sponge.
4: So, remember boys and girls, it's not just the big things like nuclear bombs that can kill you. Tiny invisible germs can be just as deadly. This has been the Wonderful World of Pestilence, brought to you by the National Board of Education.
5: Mary Beth? Please get the lights. Yes, Miss Nelson.
1: Now, class, your homework assignment is to make a list of ten things or places in your home where deadly germs can grow. Okay, I'll see you all tomorrow. Have a good night.
2: It was an unusually warm spring afternoon in Stony Point, New York in 1954, as Mary Beth Tanner walked home from school.
5: Hi, Mommy, I'm home. Can I have some milk and cookies? Of course, dear, but just two cookies. I don't want you to spoil your dinner. How was school today? Pretty neat. We saw a movie all about germs and how they make you sick and can kill millions of people, and... Good heavens, that's quite enough. The things they teach children these days. Did you know germs are everywhere? Like, on the floor, and countertops, and especially in sponges. That's why I clean everything
1: every day, and use the new Disho detergent. Disho? Yes. See here on the label, Disho detergent is formulated with special radioactive compounds, scientifically proven to kill germs on contact. Gee whiz! Radioactive compounds? I feel safer already. Now go do your homework, dear. We'll have dinner as soon as your father gets home.
2: Stony Point was one of the test markets for the new Disho detergent, and every housewife in town took advantage of the special introductory price of only 29 cents a bottle. Later that evening, after Mary Beth was asleep, Mrs. Tanner was cleaning up in the kitchen.
1: Now that's strange. I could swear I'd put the sponge back right next to the sink. What's it doing on the other side of the kitchen on that counter? Oh no, did I just see that sponge move on its own? Good heavens, I hope there's not a big bug that's under the sponge.
2: Grabbing a fly swatter, Mrs. Tanner cautiously approached the sponge. She hated bugs, all bugs. And she always kept everything so clean she never even needed to use the fly swatter.
1: Oh. That sponge definitely moved. If there's a cockroach under there, I'll just die.
2: Raising the fly swatter, she slowly leaned down to flip over the sponge when something even more bizarre and frightening happened. A grotesque leg suddenly thrust out from the side of the sponge.
1: Eek! What on earth?
2: Then another leg popped out, and another, and another, until the sponge raised up on six hideous insect-like legs. Mrs. Tanner was about to scream, but before she could utter a sound, the sponge creature leapt through the air and clamped down on her face, directly over her mouth. An hour later...
6: Yes, this is Dr. Watkins. Oh, hi, Ben. Something wrong? What? Unconscious on the kitchen floor? I'll be right over.
2: Fifteen minutes later.
6: Look, Doctor, the the smelling salts are bringing her around.
2: (sighs) What
1: happened?
6: Now, Mrs. Tanner, don't try to get up. Can you tell me what made you pass out?
1: (sighs) I, I can't remember. I was cleaning the kitchen, and next thing I knew, you were using smelling salts to wake me up
6: probably working too hard. Now Ben is going to help you up to bed. Tomorrow morning, after you finish making breakfast and doing the laundry and vacuuming, maybe you should just relax and put your feet up for a few minutes before you do the grocery shopping and start cooking dinner. And I'll prescribe some iron pills for you. Don't worry, doctor. I'll make sure she takes two five-minute breaks tomorrow.
1: Oh, please, don't fuss over me. I'm sure I'll be fine.
6: Hello? Yes, he's here. What? Okay, I'll tell him. Doctor, your answering service wants you to call. Six other women in town have passed out. Good heavens. I hope this isn't some sort of mass hysteria. But just in case it's something infectious, best to keep your daughter away from your wife for a few days to be on the safe side. Well, looks like I have a long night ahead of me. Give my office a call tomorrow if anything changes.
2: It was the same scenario all across town, housewives cleaning up after dinner, and each was found unconscious on the kitchen floor with no recollection of what happened. And Dr. Watkins had barely gotten any sleep when the phone started ringing again bright and early as women making breakfast started fainting. By the end of the week, hundreds of housewives had passed out, and now, oddly, they all had insatiable appetites and couldn't stop eating everything in sight.
6: Oh, hi, Chief Smithers. How can I help you? Dr. Watkins, sorry to stop by at this hour,
7: but our phones at the station are ringing off the hooks because of this fainting illness. Well,
6: I hardly think this is a matter for police.
7: Well, neither do I, but people want answers. There's a rumor going around that this could be some type of chemical or biological
6: warfare from the Russians. Aimed at Stony Point? Really? No one in their right mind would bother with a place like this. Then what's the answer? I don't know. I can't find anything wrong with any of these women. I'm still not ruling out mass hysteria. Mass hysteria? Yes. You know women. One of them fates and then suddenly all of them imagine something is wrong with them. And then they all start dropping like flies.
7: I don't know. Maybe. But from our reports, every one of these incidents occurred in their kitchens. Couldn't it be something these women are using to cook or clean something that's causing this?
6: Chief... I have my hands full prescribing iron pills and tranquilizers to half the women in town. Feel free to do all the detective work you want, but I have... Excuse me a moment. Hello, Dr. Watkins. What? Calm down, Mr. Tanner. Call an ambulance. I'm on my way. Now what? That was Ben Tanner. Something terrible has happened to his wife. I could barely understand him, though. He was practically hysterical. Come on,
7: we'll take my car.
3: Science Friction Theatre on Hudson River Radio dot com.
1: Johnny, why don't you go out and play with the other boys? I'm too tired, Ma. That's because you didn't eat a healthy breakfast, young man. Here, try a bowl of delicious pogo cereal. Pogo
5: cereal? That's
1: right. Pogo cereal not only tastes good, it's good for you, with plenty of sugar for energy, and four times the caffeine and a cup of coffee to put that bounce back in your step.
5: You're right, Ma. I feel more energetic already.
1: Woohoo! Make sure your children start every morning with a nutritious bowl of pogo cereal, and they bouncing off the walls all day long.
3: We now return to Science Friction Theater on HudsonRiverRadio.com
2: At the Tanner residence, the Chief and Dr. Watkins found little Mary Beth with her arms around her father, who was kneeling on the lawn, walking back and forth and sobbing. Ben Tanner had survived both the battles of Tarawa and Peleliu during World War II, and never flinched. But whatever he had just witnessed happening to his beloved wife had fractured his mind. Oh.
6: (sighs) Ben, for God's sake, what's going on?
5: Something bad happened to Mommy. She's upstairs in bed.
6: Can you tell us what's wrong?
5: No, Daddy was crying too much. I never saw Daddy cry before. I heard Mommy screaming, and then Daddy screamed, and then he ran into my room and grabbed me and carried me downstairs. Please help my Mommy.
6: We'll do our best, honey. Here comes an ambulance now.
7: You stay here with your Daddy, Marybeth. Come on, Doc. Let's see what's going on.
2: Ascending the stairs to the Tanner's bedroom, neither of them was prepared for the shock and revulsion they were about to experience.
6: Good. Good God in heaven. She's dead. Dead? It looks like a landmine went off
7: in her stomach. What could cause that?
6: Nothing in medicine that I know about. It's like she exploded from the inside out. Still think this is mass hysteria? I can't even begin to imagine what this is. But if it happened to Mrs. Tanner, it could happen to those hundreds of other women in town who have been acting strange. Doctor, look here
7: on the floor. These strange little bloody tracks leading to the open window.
6: You're right. It's... It's like something crawled across the floor, up the wall, and out the window. Dozens of them. Are we dealing with some sort of animal attack? Could be. But from inside of a person? I'll know more once we get her body to my office and I can perform an autopsy and...
8: Chief! Chief!
6: What? What's wrong, Murphy?
8: Oh, dear God! What happened to Mrs.
7: Tanner? Don't look, Murphy. Now focus. What's going on?
8: Oh, uh... The switchboard is lighting up back at the station. Something
7: terrible is happening to all the women who fainted. Dear Lord Doctor, you were right. Looks like you'll have a lot of bodies to examine. But I need to go get to these other locations. Call me the instant you learn anything.
2: As the chief stepped outside the Tanner house, little Mary Beth tugged on his trouser leg.
5: Is my mommy going to be okay?
7: Uh, the doctor will be bringing her to his office, honey.
5: Did bad germs get her?
7: We don't know what happened to her yet, dear.
5: We shouldn't have any germs in our house. Mommy says Disho keeps all the bad germs away, especially in the sponge.
7: Yes, dear. I'm sure your mommy kept the house very clean. Now, this of- this nice Officer Murphy is going to take you and your daddy to the station for a while. I have to go check on other kids' moms now to make sure they're all okay.
2: It was a night of terror beyond imagination in Stony Point. The same gruesome, unspeakable thing that happened to Mrs. Tanner began happening to dozens and then hundreds of women. Police officers and ambulance personnel were completely overwhelmed, and many broke down in tears, seeing body after body. Men and then children panicked and ran out into the night, which was the last thing they should have done.
4: Tommy, just get in the car.
5: But, Dad, we can't leave Mom in there like that.
4: Listen, something is going on in Stony Point, and we need to save ourselves and get the hell out of town.
5: Wait, what are those things over there in the bushes?
4: Let me shine my flashlight over there. What on earth? They, they look like huge sponges.
5: With legs, and they're heading right for us.
4: Quick, son, get in the
5: car. Ah, they've got me. Dad! Dad! Oh, no! They've got me, too! Ah!
2: The scene played out over and over again across the entire town that night. By morning, more than half the population of Stony Point had fallen victim to the crawling sponges.
7: Doctor, for the love of God, do you have any answers yet?
6: As best as I can tell... Something laid its eggs inside these women, and then they hatched, and burst out, and crawled away. You can't be serious.
7: What could possibly do that? It sounds... it almost sounds... alien.
6: I'm willing to believe just about anything at this point. I obviously need specimens of the hatchlings to examine before I can know for sure. Well, that's the problem. Anyone who has seen whatever these things are have
7: been killed, torn apart by the hatchlings. It's all too much. We need the government to help. I called the army and they thought I was nuts. Until I told them the number of victims. Heavily armed troops should be arriving within the hour.
6: There's nothing like men with guns to make me feel safer. Please, tell them I need hatchling specimens.
2: Across Stony Point, thousands of crawling sponges spread out and continue to feed and grow larger. Officer Murphy tried to use his patrol car to run over one sponge the size of a cereal box as it crossed the road, but it sprang to safety at the last second. But at least he saw it and lived to tell his story.
7: A giant
8: what? Are you out of your mind, Murphy? I swear, Chief, it looked like a kitchen sponge, only it was the size of a box of sugar smacks with legs.
7: I swear, if I hear one more crazy word out of you, Murphy, I'm gonna... Wait, a sponge? Yeah, Chief. A giant, nasty sponge. Marybeth Tanner mentioned a sponge, and some type of detergent her mother used. What are you thinking? I'm thinking I want some men to go to the Tanner's house and a few of the other victims' houses and bring back their kitchen sponges and detergent. It's a long shot, but I just got a gut feeling about this.
2: Yes, sir,
7: Chief. I'm on it. And be careful. These things could be anywhere.
2: Police officers cautiously entered half a dozen houses to collect the kitchen sponges and detergent. It seemed like a ridiculous task, but with so many inexplicable deaths, they were willing to try anything. Thirty minutes later, back at the police station...
7: How did it go, Murphy?
8: Strangest thing, Chief. As you can see in this box, every one of those women was using that new Disho detergent.
7: And the sponges? Couldn't find a single one. What woman doesn't own a sponge? You're right. This is beyond coincidence. Let me see one of those bottles. Hmm. It says here it's made with specifically formulated radioactive compounds. I wonder. Murphy, get a bottle of this dish out to Dr. Watkins' ASAP, and tell him about these missing sponges.
8: Sure, Chief. Oh. And a Captain Mentor from the Army just arrived and
7: asked to see you. Okay, send him in.
4: Well, Chief Smithers, it's about time. What the hell is going on in Stony Point? Looks like the beaches of Normandy. You have an invasion going on here that the government doesn't know about.
7: As a matter of fact, we are, Captain. They're some sort of unknown creatures, and we think they were breeding inside of women.
4: <laughs> creatures? What's with all this detergent? You plan on catching all these creature babies and giving them a bath?
7: Look, Captain, my people are dying horrible deaths. Hundreds of good people. Men, women, and children. This is no laughing matter. Now you can either help or get the hell out of my town.
4: You know how many times we've been called into some hit town for some sort of alleged monster or alien invasion, and it turns out to be a kid in a rubber mask? I'm sorry. People are getting killed here, but couldn't it be the result of escaped convicts or a motorcycle gang or someone who just went plain loco?
7: Here, look at some of these photos of women we found. Dozens and dozens of them. Does this look like the work of a human being?
4: Great Caesar's ghost! I had no idea. Captain Minter, one
8: of your men is badly hurt. He's outside.
4: Soldier, dear lord, what happened? You've been torn to bits. Sponges, sir. Big sponges. They they got me. (sighs) He's dead. Men, spread out in teams of four and... What's all the commotion? You there, stop! What's wrong? Why are you running? The sponges! The sponges! They're coming this way! Run for your lives! Sponges? What the hell is he talking about?
7: Over there, look! And there!
4: And there! My god, they're coming from everywhere! They... They look like sponges, but they're huge! And with legs, and there's thousands of them!
7: Your men will get slaughtered out there. Everyone should take shelter in the station. Town hall, or in the firehouse. They're the sturdiest buildings in town.
2: The streets were filled with crawling sponges of all sizes, from slightly larger than normal to the size of massive steamer trunks. It all depended on how much they had been able to feed.
4: Fall back, man! Into the building! Fall back!
2: The captain had noticed that a sponge the size of a breadbasket had snuck up behind him and was about to strike. Captain, look out behind you! Turning and drawing his Colt pistol, he fired several shots, but they all seemed to bounce off the spongy body of the monstrous creature. Incredulous, he froze for just a moment, but that moment was all the sponge needed to spring towards its prey. Oh no! Ah! Fortunately, with split-second timing and magnificent hand-eye coordination, the Chief swung his billy club, connected with the mutant sponge, and sent it flying half a block. You saved my life! That was incredible!
7: Played a couple of seasons of semi-pro ball before the war. Looks like I never lost my swing. Now let's get inside.
2: As everyone ran for their lives and took shelter wherever they could, one brave fireman thought he would turn a powerful fire hose on the hideous creatures and drive them back. Unfortunately, he didn't realize that you shouldn't mix water with mutant sponges.
4: That fool! What does he think he's doing? The sponges are soaking up all the water and growing even larger! Oh no, they've got them! Ah! Look, those sponges have swollen to the size of cars! And they've started to cover the buildings! We're doomed! Chief, the doctor
8: is on the line in your office. He says it's urgent.
7: Come on, Captain. Let's see what the doctor has found. I'll put him on speaker. Go ahead, Doctor. And I have Captain Minter of the Army with me. Chief,
6: I think I know what happened. Working off your hunch, I put a drop of Disho on a slide, and then introduced some bacteria from my disc sponge. And? The results were frightening. It must be the radioactive compounds in the Disho. Rather than kill the bacteria, it mutated them and accelerated their growth. What does this mean? Dish Detergent has created a new species of killer sponges? I think you know the answer to that, Captain.
7: But how can we fight them? Bullets just bounce off.
6: I don't know. I'm doing the best I can, but I'll need more time. We're out of time. Chief, those huge
8: swollen sponges are crawling onto the roof. It's only a matter of time before they crush the building.
5: Mr. Chief, what's the bacteria?
7: Well, Mary Beth, I didn't see you. Bacteria is just germs, dear. Nothing
4: to worry about.
5: Miss Nelson says the best way to get rid of bad germs is to use bleach.
4: Now, little girl, we're very busy and... Wait, maybe
7: she has something there. What? Yeah, if these things are just enormous germs, maybe we can bleach or disinfect them.
5: Miss Nelson also says that you can use alcohol, like gin and vodka, too, in an emergency.
7: Murphy, we have any bleach in the janitor's closet? Yeah, there should be plenty there. Grab a few gallons and fill one of those big spray canisters the janitor uses for pesticides. Meet me in the door to the roof.
4: What are you planning?
7: I'm going to see if we can clean some sponges.
3: We'll be right back with more of Science Friction Theater on HudsonRiverRadio.com.
1: With the Lucky Lands Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: No purchase necessary. Void are prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now for the exciting conclusion of Science Friction Theater on HudsonRiverRadio.com.
2: There wasn't a moment to lose as the enormous water-bloated mutant sponges had already crushed half of Town Hall.
4: You know it's suicide going out on that roof.
7: I'm crazy, but not that crazy you can open the door, I'll spray some bleach on the nearest sponge and see if it reacts.
8: Here, Chief. We got three gallons of bleach in this canister. Just pump up the handle and squeeze the trigger, and it should spray out several feet. Okay, Captain. Now!
2: Good luck! The captain opened the door to the long, flat roof, which was now covered with crawling sponges the size of milk trucks, and one was just a few feet away. Not sure if this was his last minute on Earth, Chief Smithers stepped forward as far as he dared and sent a spray of the potent bleach onto the huge sponge. He couldn't tell if it was the back or the head, or even if it had a back or head. But the sponge's reaction was swift and dramatic.
7: It's working!
2: I think it's working! Emboldened by his success, the Chief moved across the roof, systematically spraying the mutant sponges, which recoiled in pain, shuddered, and then died. It was working flawlessly, until the canister ran dry.
4: Chief, come back! There's another one behind you!
2: I can't! I'm trapped! Just as the hideous sponge moved in for the kill, Officer Murphy raced onto the roof with a bottle of whiskey and hurled it at the sponge. Quick! This way, Chief! Inside! Hurry!
7: Quick thinking, Murphy. Thanks.
8: But where the hell did you get the whiskey? Well, perhaps I keep a wee bottle in my locker for the occasional nip against the cold night air. You know, for medicinal purposes, of course.
7: Well, if we get through this alive, every officer in Stony Point is going to have a bottle of whiskey in his locker.
4: I'm going to radio headquarters and tell them to get all the bleach and disinfectant they can find.
7: And I'll radio the firehouse, and we'll start calling every place in town and let them know how to kill these crawling sponges.
2: Sadly, more lives would be lost. But inch by inch, street by street, and sponge by sponge, Stony Point finally was cleared up. Unfortunately, few surviving residents decided to move back into their houses, which had all been scenes of such horror. Two weeks later...
4: Mary Beth, are you sure you still want to live here?
5: Yes. Mommy made this our home and I won't let bad germs drive us away.
6: There aren't many other little boys and girls left to play with.
5: That's okay. People will move back. Stony Point will be a great place to live again. Someday.
2: Meanwhile, at a secret underground government weapons lab... Doctor, we've
1: rounded up the last bottles of disho, and the manufacturer has given us the formula.
4: Excellent. Add them to the storeroom supply.
0: Have all our bacteria samples arrived?
1: Yes, Doctor.
0: Good, very good. Then let's begin our experiments.
3: This has been Science Friction Theatre, a production of HudsonRiverRadio.com, written by Linda Zimmerman. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an exciting adventure. See you next time on Science Friction Theatre.